Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast is brought to you by King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, Bavarian Grill, and Yield Butcher Shop. King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, a longtime retail and repair shop for, you guessed it, clocks and jewelry. Everything from grandfather clocks to mantle clocks, wall clocks. Hey, if you just need to get the battery in your watch replaced, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered. Not only that, they are also a gold and silver exchange. So if you have any gold coins, silver coins that you're looking to trade in for cash on the spot, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered there as well. They are located at 1201 North Central Expressway. Having served Plano for over 30 years, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy, sports editor for the Frisco Enterprise, Little Home Journal, and Solana Record, as well as Justin Thomas, who is the sports editor for our Denton County Papers. You know, Justin, I always refer to you as the sports editor for our Denton County Papers. I don't think yeah. people actually realize, though, what that entails. So it is, um, what, correct me if I miss anybody, okay. <laughs> Carrollton, Capel, Louisville, Flower Mound, The Colony. Correct. That's, That's it? That's it. That's all you got? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, uh, welcome to another edition of the podcast. So we are here to, uh, we're here to answer some questions. So um, one of the, uh, and I've mentioned it in you know, previous podcasts, one of the more frequently frequent questions that we are asked is, what do we do during the summer? Because school's out, there's not a whole lot going on, so how do we find a way to fill newspaper space? Still got to find a way to put out papers, so um, yeah. How do, we, uh, how do we stay busy? So um, a few years ago, one, um, one thing that we did to try and help a fill space and just provide you know market relevant content during a time when school's out is we um, we came up with what was a uh, called a, a question series and that was basically it started off as a uh, 66 questions for district 66a and that was just as it sounds we came up with 66 questions um, just to kind of create kind of like a, a just this really overly comprehensive preview for the upcoming school year for that particular district I and mean, we touch on every single sport every single storyline just about every angle that you you can think of to tackle the uh, the district in advance of the upcoming school year. So, um, and the project has kind of evolved. You know, several of them. We do question series now for several of our districts and several of our markets. So, um, but obviously, it's a newspaper. You know, we only have a finite amount of space to fit stuff into a newspaper. So, what I was thinking though for the podcast is we take a couple questions that we're going to be rolling with each week, and then we just kind of some of the more open-ended questions, and then we bring them to this forum here, and then just have a bit of a uh, more open-ended discussion about them, and just kind of see. Where see where that goes. Um, for this week, the uh, the two questions that I wanted to focus on are actually one that's going to be in this week, and then another that ran um, last week. Um, but let's start with looking at some uh, some winners and losers of uh, of some of these uh, you know these new district alignments. You know, realignment was a ways back, but we've had time to let this all kind of sink in, kind of explore these districts beyond just football. But how do they stack up just across all sports? And um, you know, as we get ready for the 2018-19 school year, certainly the uh, the forecast for some teams are going to be a bit different than in years past. So, um, so Justin, whether it's regardless of what district you want to roll with, just um, talk about just some winners and losers from the uh, districts that you cover. I guess I'll start with um, District 85A, and I guess for this exercise, we're talking more of the 
non-football sports. It's really confusing these new <laughs> multiple districts in. When you get the whole Division One, Division Two, Five A split, and how like the football district is nowhere near the same as the other Correct. sports. So Eight Five A is the one that has Lake Dallas, the Colony, Little Elm, Denton ISD, Justin Northwest. Correct. Yeah. For non-football. For non-football. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, just kind of looking at kind of the new homes for some of the teams we cover in mm -hmm. those markets, you know, Little Elm, the Colony, the CFB teams that are all kind of in different districts. And, like, from what I'm looking at, it seems like kind of uh, things might have got tougher for kind of everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, Prosper is going up to 6A, and you would think that might make things easier for Colony, Little Elm, those teams, because, you know, Prosper just dominated that district, winning mm -hmm. every district title. So... Maybe some of these teams have a better chance of winning a district title this year, but in terms of the overall kind of depth of the district, I think it kind of got a little tougher for everybody, you know, having to face some of these other teams instead of, you know, no offense to the Carrollton schools, but they had a couple down years in 14-5A, and, you know, the overall depth of the conference, there's not as many teams that you can yeah. quote-unquote maybe... The, floor of the, the yeah. floor of the district definitely elevated. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, if you take a sport like basketball, boys' basketball, that district is really tough. Yeah. Because, I mean, granted, we had Prosper and Little Elm in the Colony, three really good teams. Two of them were state-ranked. Mm -hmm. But then you have Justin Northwest, a team that made it to state. They were undefeated in their district. You have uh, Denton, got, or Denton Ryan yeah. won their district. Denton made the playoffs. Yeah. I think they won 10 or 12 games or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And then if you're throwing Little Elm and then the Colony, who's always a, a playoff team in, in basketball. So one of those teams is going to get left out. And, and yeah. that district and, and boys basketball, for example. So that that's going to be one thing that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. You mentioned the Carrollton schools, and that's I mean, but it yeah. is a fair point because that was you know over the course of a 14-game district schedule, that's six games. That's yeah. almost half of your schedule. That for the most part, a lot of these uh, you know your McKinney yeah. Norris, Prospers, the Colonies, Lake Dallas, they could just tack on. They just yeah. knew they were assured six wins. And I mean, you don't want to throw too much shade at the CFB schools, but I mean, they you got to call it what it is. And yeah. you know, in a majority of the sports, you know, they were the. Sixth, seventh, and eighth place mm -hmm. teams in that district. So, but it's like you said. I think I think the floor just kind of elevates that. I mean, you're not really sure kind of going in who the who the true power is, sport to sport. But it does yeah. feel like you could see a different a different order of finish yeah. just about across the board. Whereas 14-5A was pretty much dominated by yeah. five teams in just some different order each with each sport. But then you to continue with the CFB teams. It didn't get any easier for them. You know, no. they uh. they're in, especially in football. They're in this district with Ryan and Denton. Hollyville Heritage, Birdville, Grapevine. I mean, those are that's traditionally that's strong teams. It's a murderer's row. Yeah, it's probably got even tougher for them, especially yeah. in football. So, uh, tough break there. How about um, over in uh, in six six A with the uh, with the Louisville ISD? Yeah, I would I would say that the um, I've kind of throughout looking at this series kind of early. I, mm -hmm. You don't want to kind of equate two teams together, but when you look at kind of the all-around athletic programs at Capel and Carroll, you know, they're two very good all-around programs. Maybe Carroll has the edge in a couple of sports, especially, you know, swimming and uh, some sports like that. Yeah. But for the sake of this exercise, I feel like that's kind of a little pretty lateral switch, switching Carroll for Capel in terms of just the competitive balance of the district. But then outside of that, when you take away Byron Nelson and Trinity and Bell and swap them for the Irving programs, I think that makes life a lot easier for the Louisville teams. I think you'll see more Louisville programs getting into the playoffs. Uh, Byron Nelson, didn't I didn't know a whole lot about them prior to this two-year run they had, but they, they're pretty good. All oh, yeah, Northwest program. ISD in general yeah, is on the come-up. So getting those, and the, the Irving schools, they had good runs in soccer. I know Irving MacArthur is usually pretty good at basketball, mm. especially girls, but outside of that, they're, they didn't really do too much. I think they made the playoffs in two sports, maybe. It could look very similar so to what 14-5A has been yeah, this last so couple of years. Irving could be the new Carrollton schools. Yeah, they should kind of... Mm -hmm 
take over that kind of mm -hmm. those that bottom, those lower rung teams, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. that's going to benefit LISD. And then I think for Capel, you have to kind of look at them outside of kind of what it means competition-wise. It's got to be fun just to get back in a district with some programs that you're used to kind of being rival rivals with and playing with. And I know they're looking forward to being back in Region One and not having to deal with uh, all these second-round playoff games in Waco and stuff. <laughs> We're really just bearing the lead because the big winner in all this is you because yes. that district alone <laughs> covers four of your papers. Yes, one less district, <laughs> more games. So I think that's good. I guess that's a winner for you guys that's too because you'll get to see more live coverage of Terrell right. and more uh, comprehensive stuff instead of all the more crossover stuff. Yeah. I guess. For um for what I what I did for this question is I um I, I pick I, I focus more on just kind of individual teams you know yeah. and um, just some different uh, yeah as far as winners and losers go like I think uh, I think Lake Dallas football came out a big winner with just the uh, the Division One Division Two split in five A just because I mean they had success in fourteen five A last season they finished second they got to the second round of the playoffs but just from a sheer like number standpoint and this is always going to be the case with Lake Dallas they were so far and away the smallest school in that district, um, they were the only school from that, uh, you know, from 145A that dropped down to Division Two mm -hmm. for the, um, you know, when the, for the D1 D2 split. Um, I was just going back and checking through the enrollment figures for the eight schools that are in 145A. Seven out of eight had enrollments of, let's see, what was it? Um, enrollments of at least 1,940 students. Lake Dallas had almost a thousand. Lake right? Dallas is twelve sixty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so you consider that almost a seven hundred student disparity <laughs> from the next smallest school in that yeah. district. Really, everyone in that football district is a winner, though, because if you look, you have teams like Princeton making the move from four A. Yeah. Well, they're going into I wouldn't say an easier district in five A, but you know a team with a lot smaller enrollments, so they're not jumping into some mega district. And then you have you know a team that struggled last year in Frisco, a couple new teams in Lebanon Trail and Memorial. So it's like they're easing into five A and not just like getting thrown right into the fire. So really, everyone in that district is, is a winner. Yeah, didn't, didn't Broswell, they've ha they haven't really had any success in their first two years uh, in football, but you know they're kind of easing into this district too. So it, it's really, everyone's a winner, yeah. honestly. Lovejoy, Reedy. I mean, Reedy yeah. would show that they could swing with the heavyweights in Frisco ISD, and now they get dropped down to a classification where they're, I mean, one of the mm -hmm. most, you know, they on paper right now, one of the best in the <laughs> in that district. So yeah, I think you can make a case that Lake Dallas football came out uh, you know, came out smelling all uh, nice, and, uh, nice and rosy after realizing Mm -hmm. um, another team that I think benefits from, uh, you know, from I guess switching regions or whatever, being in a, is being in a uh, not a different district but in a different region more so is Plano Senior Softball. Uh, softball, I should say, baseball. Softball is awesome. Softball just went to state. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Plano, uh, with Plano Senior Baseball, they've not won a playoff game since 2014 when they went uh, to the regional finals. Uh, what also happened that year is that was their last year in Region Two. Well, Region 2 is right where they're at right now, where they're going to be at for these next two years at least. So in the time since, those four years back in Region 1, they um, they went one and done all four years. They finished fourth place in the district all four years, which to that's, you know, that's, you know, to some extent that's, you know, they have control over that part at least where they finish. Although this year they uh, they tied for second place, won nine district games, yeah. and still wound up <laughs> being the four seed after losing a, uh, a seeding game. But here's what they've had to go through these in the first round. 2015 against Keller. Keller went on to play in the regional finals that year. 2016, Keller again. Keller went four rounds deep that season. And then these past two years, Southlake Carroll. Last year, Southlake went to the state semifinals. This year, Southlake is back in the state semifinals. So, um, I mean, just... 
just bad luck yeah. <laughs> from a draw standpoint. So you would think that uh, you know being back in Region Two, and then again, nothing's a, nothing's a certainty. But you got to think the odds of getting out of that first round increase exponentially when you're looking, you know, across the way at that Garland ISD district versus having to play, you know, a, a juggernaut, mm -hmm. a guaranteed juggernaut like they have these past four years. And also, a, um, another winner was just the. Uh, for 96A, just the boys basketball and softball teams because um, you know obviously when you look at this new district, you know you axed Wiley and Denton Geyer, you replaced them with Prosper and Jesuit. Well, boys basketball and softball, Geyer and Wiley occupied two playoff spots in each, so you could see fairly different landscapes there. Mm -hmm. Two quality programs are going to be out, especially Geyer boys basketball, which was just yeah. I mean they ran roughshod over 66A their two years there. Not exactly slouches stepping in though. No, no, no. But you would <laughs> think though that at least it definitely opens up more of a uh, you know there's a little bit more of a I especially think in boys basketball yeah. just when you know that you're not going to have what's going to be most likely the number one ranked team in the state next yeah. season to contend with twice you know throughout the course of your district schedule it definitely does give you a little bit more breathing room and you could think prosper could be a loser going into a, such a tough district mm -hmm. going from 5a you know in that district with the Carrollton schools and now you're going with allen and the, mm -hmm. literally the biggest schools in the state of texas in the plano isds yeah. but you know really i think they're going to be a big winner you know they're, they're they play a lot of 6a teams in almost every sport in their non-district schedule mm -hmm. you know like in baseball softball boys basketball girls basketball all sports where they were state ranked at in the top 10 in 5a i think they're going to be a major winner in this district of course they might struggle a little bit against yeah. allen and stuff like that in certain sports but i think they can make the playoffs or be a, a district title mm -hmm. contender in almost every sport i have them down as a loser <laughs> <laughs> Why? And it's because like it cannot get any better than it is right now yeah. for them. It literally cannot. They just won eight district titles. Yeah. You win eight district titles. You went. I mean, they won a state championship. Yeah, we'll talk more about Prosper later on. But I mean, yeah, it literally cannot get any better right now than it is for oh, them. Yeah. So just by default, it's going to be much tougher. And I mean, to be fair, same as Jesuit because Jesuit was coming from you know I guess the uh, the original nine six A or whatnot yeah. with um you know with Capel and the, a lot of the uh, the Richardson ISD schools. But mm -hmm. that was a district that I think for the most part was. Pretty. I mean, did they make the playoffs in all four boys sports? Jesuit, yeah, because they did rally and yeah, so mm -hmm. they did, yeah. So it seems like yeah. I mean, they're going to a district where there's far more parity, far more balance, and you know, it's it would be. I mean, they're still they still should be solid on all four of those, but it's tough to you know really say for sure that yeah. you know they have they're going to have the uh, they'll make the playoffs with the same regularity that they did in nineteen uh, in nine six a. We might get to check out Emmett Smith's son in action this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some of our teams know checking check them out last year. Yeah. He's pretty he's pretty fun. <laughs> What game was that that you uh, caught Pell? Oh, nice. And then I had one more loser written down. Oh, this is a line for a touchdown. <laughs> This the is the entire a, line. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is kind of an off the beaten path pick for another uh, loser with this realignment. But uh, Plano West Tennis, which is weird because Plano West Tennis is about as credentialed a program as there is in the state. They are five time state champions. They've been to the state tournament eight consecutive years, 16 years overall. They won the whole thing in 2016. But of all of the. Uh, you got to deal with Memorial and stuff now. Of all of the. Not Memorial, Our but literally yeah. every other team that made state. Of all of the. Uh, the Shuffling that went through the um, you know through regions and realignment and whatnot, tennis just consolidated just about all the power in, in the region too. Yeah. So um, like I said, they won't have to worry about state champion Memorial, but they're now in the same region as 
uh, Cypress Ranch, which was the team that beat Plano West last year yeah. in the state semifinals. A very young uh, tennis program, um, as well as Austin Vandegrift, who was the uh, you know the other state semifinalist. So you're potentially, and that's on top of you know being in the same district as Allen. Allen, which made yeah. the regional finals out of uh, you know Region One last year. Round Rock Westwood, which was a regional finalist in Region Two. So it's not even a lock that you get to the regional finals in this district with just how like heavily heavily weighted Region Two is. So um, yeah, I mean Plano West has been to state eight straight years, but they're going to have to earn every last ounce of that potential ninth trip to the state if they're able to uh, bring that to fruition. Um, Brian, did you have any other winners or losers from your districts that you wanted to throw out there? 9-5A, the 10-team Frisco district in non-football sports, I think they're all winners, you know, especially, well, you could say that, you know, Memorial and Lebanon Trail are losers, you know, making the jump to these, you know, Frisco schools, but I think they're all winners. You know, you get, whether you, you like the expansion of all these Frisco high schools or not, I, I think it's cool, you know, to have 10 teams all from the same city, you know, it builds little little rivalries within rivalries. Everyone knows each other. I think that can be a lot of fun. They're just going to run out of mascots though, after a while. I know. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, let's see. We can, um, yeah, we've got another uh, another question on the docket. We're going to focus more so on a couple programs that have made the, we've already alluded to a couple of these programs that are making the jump either up a classification or making a dramatic shift uh, region-wise, and we are going to uh, pick that up after a word from the sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's round out the podcast with a look at um, at another question that we're going to offer up throughout our summer-long question series. We actually did um, a, a version of this last week in the first week of these uh, these questions, but looking at a couple programs that are going up a classification and shifting over a region. As far as, um, you know, I wanted to kind of focus this one mainly on Capel and Prosper since it feels like their athletic landscapes, you know, pretty change pretty dramatically relative yeah. to most of the other schools that we cover. Um, Brian, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about Prosper, but I think Prosper is just, I cannot stress this enough, just such a fascinating subplot how a program that is, I mean, again, having about as, I mean, 2017-18 is about as, I mean, that's like a, a pantheon year for mm-hmm. Prosper Athletics. Could not have been more dominant in, you know, athletics. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, we've already mentioned, I mean, they made, they won the district title in all, all eight of your uh, of your bracket sports. In there was one sport where they had to share the district title, it was with Little Lemon Boys Basketball, mm-hmm. but that's it. They yeah. dominated everything else, went under defeated in, in a lot of sports too girls soccer softball only lost one game in baseball yeah but like what, what I was saying in the first segment is you know for instance in baseball they play 6A teams the Flower Mounds the Louisville's mm-hmm. the South Lakes you know in non-district play already at each year every year every year and they dominate when it comes to 5A play so I don't think they're going to have any problem you know baseball mm-hmm. softball literally every sport I think they're going to be just fine they're a powerhouse in, in girls soccer they're losing head coach Rafael Flores yeah. who's going to Frisco Memorial but they're still going to be a powerhouse house boys soccer they're going to be good uh, boys basketball they returned some guys girls basketball still has uh, jordan oliver who played on the u16 yeah. uh, girls basketball team usa national basketball team last year uh she's one of the best players in the state a baylor commit they're going to be just fine in 6a i i don't see them you know taking a major plunge they you know, i mean 
I'm not expecting eight district titles. But that would be I, shocking. But I, I'm, I'm I'll still yeah. I didn't even mention Prosper volleyball that won state last year. So like <laughs> the best of them all. Yeah. Uh, so they'll, they'll be just yeah. fine. I um one thing that I uh, that kind of jumps at me as I look at kind of what to expect out of Prosper, and we've already talked about kind of how 14-5A was a very top-heavy district in some ways. I'm curious to see how Prosper kind of develops the kind of the, the consistency and intensity that it, it's going to take to handle a much more balanced district. I think there is something to, um, something to be said for knowing that, you know, six of your 14 district games are probably not just wins, but fairly mm-hmm. lopsided wins. You know, games where you know that you can go about mm-hmm. 60% and know that you still are probably going to win pretty handily. I think them not being in the same district as mm-hmm. those Carrollton schools will actually help them. You know, especially in sports where they're already powerhouse mm-hmm. teams, like volleyball, that you expect them to make the playoffs. It'll help them come playoff time. You know, oh, yeah, Absolutely. If they make the playoffs, that's what people have said mm-hmm. about these districts for years, is that, I mean, you like you talk to any of the softball coaches, and they'll just say, I mean, the reason we got so hot and we got so deep it's just because we were prepared for this. There's mm-hmm. nothing that these playoff teams yeah. could show us that we haven't seen already because we've been playing playoff caliber opponents for, I mean, for months. Well, that's that's a really good transition because that's, I think, the biggest question surrounding Coppell mm-hmm. going back to Region 1. You know, everybody, you know, thought when they got shipped out to Region 2, like, oh, they're not going to have to play these teams early in the playoffs. It's going to be an easier path to get out, possibly to the state tournament being in Region 2 mm-hmm. as opposed to Region 1. And... That just didn't turn out to be the case. You know, they still had good years. They still, you know, made multiple rounds deep in a, most of the sports they traditionally do. But in terms of getting out to the state tournament, it just didn't happen as much mm-hmm. outside of uh, the boys' soccer team this year. So, is coming back to Region One is it is it going to hurt them being in a district mm-hmm. a lot like Nine Six A where it's more night in night out competition? Because for the most part, you know, most sports, you know, maybe there was one team that could challenge Capel for the district title, yeah. but over the course of the season, they're pretty much just beating up on everybody. So when you're in a district like 6-6A with the Louisville schools now, is that gonna is that kind of night in competition? Is that gonna make things easier for them mm. when they get to the playoffs, or is you know it's kind of a dichotomy that you I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out. I was looking at um, just kind of across the board. I mean, with what we know about kind of where Louisville ISD is right now, um, it, do you, would you feel like I guess at least on paper that Capel like the, the teams that made the playoffs last year, the heavy majority of them should probably still make it out of this district. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I would think that they're still capable of getting to the playoffs, but they're going to go into the playoffs having faced a much tougher schedule than they did in District 96A, and I'm wondering if that's I mean, would you rather have an easy path and make sure you get in there, or would you rather be challenged more and maybe be more ready when you get there? If you're or a team like Compel, I'd rather be challenged more. Because yeah. you're, you're already a powerhouse. That's and, what I would think. You know? but and the thing is, because I do think if you do see any area of Capel moving back to Region 1 where it's really going to, the effects are really going to set in is that first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Because you look at what that uh, that district is right next to them yeah. for bi-district competition. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. 5-6A with South Lake Carroll, Keller ISD, Denton Geyer, and then Northwest ISD. I mean, you know, I mean... South Lake yeah. is South Lake Keller has become one of the more well-rounded athletic programs in the state. Yeah. Um, depending on the uh, on the sport, I mean, Geyer can be great. Yeah. <laughs> Northwest, I mean, you already mentioned Byron Nelson, having seen them yeah. these past two years. So I think that would be where. And then if you get past that first round, then you're potentially looking at a matchup against like the Mansfield schools or yeah. DeSoto or Waxahachie out of seven six A. So it's, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, Region One is always going to be just an absolute yeah. bear. Definitely. But um, but as but as they learned, I mean, yeah, Region Two definitely had some, uh, you know, yeah. definitely some talent there. You just might see that talent a bit earlier in yeah. Region One than you would in Region Two. Uh, 
if I'm a Cobb Pell fan personally, I, I, even though it may be tougher, I like this. I like seeing teams mm-hmm. in the first and second rounds that you, you're more familiar with, that yeah. you know a little bit about. You don't have to travel as much to see them. You don't have these three-game series of going to Houston and back here and then meeting in Waco, all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think they're going to enjoy it, even though it may be tougher in district. Yeah. And if you're good... And you make it out anyway, then that's going to be more fun anyway. Having yeah. closer, more competitive games. Absolutely. In the district. Wasn't Coppell having to travel for the second round games? It was the second round games. They were facing you know Woodlands teams oh, yeah. and stuff oh, a lot, yeah. and Conroe teams a mm-hmm. lot in the second round, and you know a lot of those were taking place in Waco and mm-hmm. stuff. And now you wouldn't have to travel until the regional tournament, probably. You know. Ideally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and a lot of that stuff is in like Arlington. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Versus, yeah. That's with um one more one quick thing about uh, with Prosper, Brian. I was just curious. Um, are there um you feel like there's any one sport that Prosper you think is maybe best suited to kind of handle that transition to six to anyone where you feel like their success is most is most likely to really carry over? Volleyball or baseball? Okay. Baseball, like mm-hmm. you know, like I've said twice already, the, you know they they've been a state power. You know, for the past you know handful of seasons, yeah. and they they're the team that plays all the six A schools and volleyball coming off the state championship. I think they could be two teams that you know could could battle the Allens and stuff mm. for for a state title or for a district title. I that say. volleyball district is going to be a, just yeah. an absolute gauntlet because you got rid of like it's the sports that you know with, with losing Wiley and Geyer like it was a sport like like volleyball where you could tell Wiley was just you know Wiley improved last year you know on at least on you know with what you with the just from a quality of play standpoint, but that district was just—I mean—they still went winless in district. Mm-hmm. It was just—it was just that difficult. So, <laughs> I'm anxious to kind of see because you had—I mean, there were some some results in that district last year that were just so up and down. You had—I think McKinney finished second to last, and they took Allen to five sets. I mean, it's—that's the thing. Like, when I just I say, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no. When I was just saying about just being able to maintain like the <clears throat> the intensity. Um, just night to night, it's just so different because you literally do not have a, a spot to rest on that schedule. Coach Kaufman, the Prosper head coach, told me last season, mm-hmm. and the, some of the girls, actually the, it was some girls mm-hmm. on the team told me, it wasn't Coach Kaufman, that against certain teams, they had a, a certain quota they had to l- a limit the opposing team to. Like, you know, each set, we have to keep them under yeah. 10 points or under 5 points. That's yeah. what Kaufman That's, volleyball had that's to do a insane. Lot yeah, that, you, they won't be having that in 9-6-A now. It's going to be, all right, we just have to win, yeah. you know. The 25-point serving runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Jordan Oliver earlier, and, I mean, we know how, obviously we know how great she is, but that's, that's another sport where it's going to be, like, night in, night out as good as she Like, she could step on the court in 14-5A and almost, with the exception of, like, when Jade Williams was at the Colony, almost be assuredly be the best player on the floor at any time. Now, who in, in 9-6A that's returning in girls' basketball could be as good as her? I'd say uh, Plano Senior has uh, one, of the best, uh, one of the best girls' basketball players to ever come through the school district in Jordan Merritt with Plano. She was the, uh, um, I mean, she was an all-state, all-state mm-hmm. player. She was their, uh, you know, she became their leading scorer over the back half of the season. She's just going to be a junior, but she has the, uh, um, just the kind of, uh, she's about, I want to say like 6'2", six 6'2", two, six two, but she's got as crafty a footwork as you'll see out of a kid that young. She, she can she can space the floor, shoot the threes, just plays lockdown defense. Her length is a, is a hassle. I mean, she, she's going to be a nightmare to deal with. You have Nia Green, who transferred back to Allen. She's nationally ranked, um, you know, a five-star commit that committed to Louisville all the ways back. I mean, just, she's like, again, 6'2", six 6'3", six just ridiculous court vision <laughs> for a player that, uh, you know, that young. And then um, you have, uh, you know, the two-time district offensive player of the year, Jade Nolans at Plano West, who could score 30 a night like that. I mean, 
It's there's going to be a lot of matchups where I mean, there's a, you know players that are of at least a, a comparable skill level to Jordan mm-hmm. Oliver, which is not something that she had in uh, you know in fourteen five. Not at all. No. I was actually going to mention. I know I don't cover Prosper to the degree you do, but I do get to see him some in fourteen mm-hmm. five. And I was going to suggest maybe softball is the sport that they could make the transition easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, see, the thing is, they're losing their pitcher, Rachel Crow, and yeah. I, you know, I don't know who's going to fill in those shoes mm-hmm. and be, you know, top pitcher in but the area. It is a sport where if you get one transcendent player, it could carry the team, and they have a head coach that came from Prosper from Hebron, so she's, you know, used to. Mm-hmm. Coaching teams in powerhouse districts and how to you know how to get them ready for for that competition yeah, on a nightly basis. They have a good young offensive core too, so it's not like yeah they're losing Rachel and they're losing a couple other key players, but they're returning a bulk of their team. So their softball team could be you know could compete well with. Nice like I said previously, it also helps that Geyer and Wiley, two teams that made the playoffs out of six six eight this past season, are yeah. now no longer in the district. So that does seem softball. Like, uh, yeah, so you're going to have two brand new playoff teams in there regardless. So that does yeah that does seem like a sport where the transition might come a little bit easier just because. You know the talent level might not be as the ceiling of the district might not be as high from top to bottom in, in each sport. Which one do you think is more tough to play against, Prosper or Denton Geyer? With every sport factored in, I mean it's hard to hard to gauge because Prosper is so dominant in fourteen five A in a completely different class. Yeah, that's why this is going to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many yeah. times have we sat here, you know, commenting games like, oh, I wonder how, like. For instance, for me, the Colony softball yeah. team last year, that one state. Like, hmm, I wonder how this team would have stacked up with the other Louisville schools or in yeah. 6A. Like, it's something mm-hmm. I'm always curious about. Now we're going to get to see how Prosper makes the makes the transition. Should be good because, yeah, like, Geyer's highs were so, like, I mean, like we talk about, like, boys basketball and football. Mm-hmm. I mean, them, like, their best programs were good enough to hang with the, uh, you know, the absolute best in the mm-hmm. <laughs> between, you know, from playing so RSD and... So, yeah. 5A. So, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a that's a look at us uh, some Capel Prosper chatters. Those two programs have uh, have some very very compelling uh, athletic years ahead on the uh, on the docket. Um, hey, that'll just about do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Brian, Justin, appreciate y'all for tagging along. Uh, we'll pick this thing back up on Monday with um, I guess we'll do more year interview stuff. We got four more markets that we're gonna, we're going to knock out and recap the uh, the athletics year that was. So make sure y'all are on hand to check that out. Otherwise, folks, uh, hey, appreciate y'all checking out this podcast. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week. We will. Talk to y'all later. Thanks again for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast, brought to you by Yield Butcher Shop, a meat market and burger joint based in Plano. It's summertime, folks. The temperatures are going to start heating up, and what a better way to break into that summer heat than to break out the grill and do some barbecuing. Well, guess what? Yield Butcher Shop has you covered. They can help you with everything from catering, grilling, barbecuing, or any special occasion, serving the finest cuts of meat from every day to exotics. They are located at 811 East 15th Street in Plano, open Tuesday through Saturday, a smoking good time since 1974, Ye Old Butcher Shop. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. 
so why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.